Hey guys, it's Laura with the trigger warnings for this episode. For this one, we're putting up warnings for homophobia, incest, abusive relationships, sexual assaults, and suicide. So please, pretty pretty please, take care of yourselves and enjoy your listening. I love Twinkies. And the reason I'm saying that is because we are all supposed to think of reasons to live. Hey look, it's, hey, a, look, butterfly. it's a butterfly. Laura, you sound so relaxed. I am. What's up? Well, what happened I to you? Need, I want you to know this about me. I'm currently oiled up all over. <laughs> oh, prepped and primed. I I turned 25 this week, and as a birthday gift, Woo! I asked to get a massage. So I just went and got a full body massage, and I was very excited about it. And it was quite magical, I have to say. So yeah, I'm very greasy right now. <laughs> Dang. How are you? Well, I'm the exact opposite. I'm yeah. stressed. I'm surrounded. I'm trapped myself in my room because I'm <laughs> I'm getting ready to move. So, and yeah. there's nothing like a good move to show you how much you've hoarded over. It's been a, a little over a year, yeah. and I'm mm-hmm. have collected so many things. You know what I have to say to that? What? Well, we don't have time to unpack. All of that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For real, you do have a lot of shit. That you have I to do. Transport. I'm like a, I'm a hoarder, and like especially this year. I mean, things got a little yeah, with rough. Yeah, the pandemic. And my emotional mm. spending just went, hello, through the Absolutely. roof. Absolutely. Well, like, and the reason I'm trapped in my room is not because I have so much stuff that I'm taking with me or whatever. It's the exact opposite. So I was packing last night, uh-huh. and um. I was just like throwing stuff out. I was Marie condoing my whole life. I was like, mm, mm-hmm. doesn't bring, bring me joy. Oh, mm. bye. Mm. And then I like put it at, because I live in a basement. So I put it at the base of the stairs so I can take it up to my car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I already showed you you uh, uh, what it looks like, Laura. But for me. the listeners, um, it's just like such a pile that I can't, like I have to either step on the things to get to the base of the stairs and go up. Or I have to kind of shimmy my way yeah. around the wall and do, do some a little, and do a little ringe to get through. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's how your two co-hosts are doing. Greasy and stressed. <laughs> yeah. Greasy, stressed, and it's uh, the end of August. So yeah, it's a it's almost the end of Leo season. I actually I have there's there's a limited time of Leo season left. I need to really. Uh, Coming to power soon. <laughs> Listen, if I'm not coming into power soon, Mama's gonna be mad. All right, then it's over. Mama That's it. That's needs my chance. This. this is my chance. Oh my god, I'm gonna be um, coming into power soon. Oh, that's so funny. I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah, it's peak Leo season. Anyways, um, yeah. So, welcome to Reading Rainbow, uh, a podcast where we read books that. People were assigned in high school and middle school in their academic uh-huh. environments, and we discuss why they had to read them and what the purpose was. It worth was it of their existence? Yeah. And if it wasn't worth it, we make fun of it mercilessly. So we're coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So this month we read *The Perks of Being a Wild*. 
Nope, not a wildflower. <laughs> uh, the Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen uh, Chabowski. Chabowski. I don't know how to say yeah. it. One of those is probably right. <laughs> uh, yeah, or just morph them together until they're right. I'm sure that's fine. Yeah, we'll just Photoshop them together. <laughs> that's how it works. And to start that's us how the off. podcast works. That's actually true. Lots of editing. Actually, we don't even say full sentences. I'm just piecing together yeah. every word we've ever said in our life. Yeah, we actually don't even meet for these things. We just kind of rant on our own. I've actually then... never met Laura. I just had her yeah. say every word in the dictionary, and I've just pieced <laughs> it together. And had me laugh seven million times to make them each sound organic. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Because I'm good, okay? Because mm-hmm. I'm a wallflower, yeah. y'all, okay? Anyways, perky. Laura, give us a book fact. <laughs> Fine. So, The Perks of Being a Wallflower is first published in 1999, um, and it's on NPR's list of the 100 best ever teen novels uh, from 2012, number 16. Uh, But it has been, it was banned for a lot of its sexual content and controversial content because it does talk about, like, trauma, suicide, masturbation, drugs and alcohol. It still made it onto NPR's list. Listen, NPR, NPR spoke. This is Ira Glass. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't. I haven't gotten a lot of sleep. Come on, kombucha, wake me up. Pure, potent, and purposeful. That's Does it, it have caffeine? Uh, I don't think so. It. Uh, yeah, wait. You know we didn't. We we didn't go over what we're drinking today. Um, I'm drinking an iced americano. Ooh, fancy. Where'd oh. you get it from? Did you make it yourself? I got it. I got it from Java Cat, my fave place here in this city. Mm. Listen, this is a, this is actually a Java Cat sponsored. <laughs> Just kidding, they're not giving us money. They don't know we exist. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and I'm drinking Synergy Raw Kombucha Sacred Life, and I'm looking, and it doesn't look like there's any caffeine. Well, no, there's there's caffeine because it says there's uh, black tea and green tea. Oh, okay. So what's sacred about it? I don't know, cause like I think this is the reason I got it is because it's blue. You know, usually kombucha is just like shitty brown. Yeah, <laughs> but this one was blue, so I wanted to try it, and so I guess the name of it is Sacred Life, mm-hmm. and I don't really know. Thank God. Good. Yeah. Honestly, good because they're not Honestly. sponsoring us, even though they should. Yeah. Do you think Java Cat would sponsor us if they're like, hey? Sponsor us and we'll do a live event at your cafe. <laughs> I, am, awesome. I don't know what they would say. They'd probably be You'd like, have to, no. you, would you come to Madison to go to Yeah, we'd come to, yeah, we'd come to Madison. And like, obviously they'd at least get money from us drinking things there while yeah. we record our podcast. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what, if, what if we're like, can we do our podcast at your shop? And they're like, sure. But we do the part of the podcast where we're just reading the book so we're not doing anything (laughs) (laughs) we would just read in silence all right i get my book fact tell me something about this chipper chabosky man please um he was apparently heavily influenced by jd salinger's novel the catcher in the rye which wow i could not have guessed that cringe that's cringe (laughs) but and as well as the writing of F. Scott Fitzgerald, so maybe some great Gatsby in there also. <laughs> and that one also scored pretty low on ours, so. Ooh, Stephen. Stephen. Maybe of do better. And then Tennessee Williams, which. Oh. Sure. Whatever. Okay. 
So that's what I gotta say about that. All right. Mew. I also I want to add that I saw something here that um. So you, obviously this book is all these controversies and all these bans, but he went like on record and said he didn't want like mean to write it to be a controversial book. He was surprised. Um, and it's like, consider what this is written about. Like, dude, yeah, <laughs> what dude. is contro- no What is controversial to you? But I'm also scared of that answer because that would be kind of c- concerning. I got a question, Laura. Yeah. Were you aware of this book when you were in school? AKA, did you read it? Uh, I feel like everybody around me read it. I heard about it a lot, but um, I for I didn't want to read it for some reason. I was definitely judging it by a book by its cover. And I can't really describe why, except it gave me like John Green vibes. Um, and I read The Fault in Our Stars and I was like, well, this book made me feel things, but I didn't really like it. Um, so I didn't read any more John Green. Mm. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, no, interestingly enough, similar answer. Like everyone around me was reading it. I think my sister Annika read it and I never did, but I judged the book by its cover in a good way. I was like, damn, that looks like a sick-ass cover. Oh, And then yeah. I was just like, I don't want to read. So I didn't. And <laughs> I think... So for me, it was... The cover really drew me in. The words are what... Uh, the the act of reading is what drew me out. Yeah. Movie came out when I was in high school. You might have been in middle school, which is terrifying. But I think that also turned me off, just because I was like, oh, we made it to a movie? Mm. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. Have you seen the movie? Because I have. I have too, and I actually did enjoy it. I was surprised because it, like, so the reason I was comparing it to John Green is it made me like, oh, uh, like Manic Pixie Dream Girl type vibes, but also like hipster vibes, yeah. but also like just like fetishizing like really deep thoughts and like other difficult topics kind of vibes. But the movie I think yeah. was actually really well done, and I enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't remember I when I watched it, but I did. Well, I'm gonna well we'll touch back on that later at the. Yeah. Uh ratings and final judgments and such because i want to know if you think the book lived up to it but first mm-hmm. without further ado let me just jump into the goodreads so that people who have never read this book and have never heard of it know what we're yeah. talking about <clears throat> the perks of being a wallflower by stephen jaboski yeah know. standing on the fringes of life offers a unique perspective but there comes a time to see what it looks like from the dance floor. This haunting novel about the dilemma of passivity versus passion marks the stunning debut of a provocative new voice in contemporary fiction, the perks of being a wallflower. <laughs> I just want to say. <laughs> How many times Goodreads can we say this blurb. full title? No, no, no. In the Goodreads blurb, <laughs> a wallflower is in all capitals. <laughs> so I just need to scream it. Okay, moving on. This is the story of what it's like to grow to grow up in high school. More intimate than a diary, Charlie's letters are singular and unique, hilarious and devastating. We may not know where he lives. We may not know to whom he is writing. All we know is the world he shares. Caught between trying to live his life and trying to run from it puts him on a strange course through uncharted territory. The world of first dates and mixtapes, family dramas and new friends, the world of sex, drugs, and the Rocky Horror Picture Show, when all one requires is that the perfect song on that perfect drive to feel infinite. Through Charlie, Stephen Chabotsky has created a deeply affecting, 
coming-of-age story, a powerful novel that will spirit you back to those wild and poignant roller coaster days known as growing up. <laughs> End blurb. I would say it does pretty much touch on everything that is inside this book. <laughs> really? I think it does a good overview, but... Yeah, that's what I'm saying, is that, like, oh, it really... Oh. Oh, well, then, Laura, take us on a deep dive. Yeah, my deep dive. Okay, this summary is a little longer because it's one of those books where if I did tell you all the key plot points, that's too many. So let me take it. Let me take it from the top, y'all. Um, let me come into power first. Hit it, Fergie. No, 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 no. no. Okay. <laughs> um, Charlie is a 15-year-old boy uh, who is about to start high school. He's very nervous about it, um, so he starts writing letters to a friend, and that is obviously the whole um, narrative technique for this book. It's epistolary. So Charlie is a character. He loves reading, and he he reads books like five times through when he gets them. So he has this teacher, Bill, who's been giving him classic books like the Great Gatsby and Catcher in the Rye. He's got an older sister and an older brother, but his sister is entering her senior year. He sees her enter an abusive relationship. He befriends a bunch of seniors, um, and his best friends are Patrick, who is gay, and Sam, who he falls in love with. And they introduce him to a lot of new experiences like smoking and drugs and going to diners late at night because no one else in high school does that. He's also very actively grieving for his Aunt Helen, who is someone who's very close to, and he actually blames himself for her death as well. So... This is all happening like all at the same time throughout the year. But it's shown that Charlie has quite a few symptoms of mental illness. Because from the beginning of the book, or right before it, one of his friends from middle school had just committed suicide. And before that, he'd seen psychiatrists, and he starts seeing them again in the middle of this senior, his freshman year. After he goes on an LSD trip and then passes out in the snow, and at the end of the book, it's revealed that his Aunt Helen had actually been sexually abusing him, and he'd been repressing those memories. So at the end of the book, he goes through... An extended hospital stay. But by the end of that, he's feeling much more connected to his life and hopeful that he'll be able to fully participate, as he says, in his sophomore year. So there's, that's a, I don't know, that's a very clinical overview of all of the plot points because there's a lot that goes on here. He makes a lot of mixtapes. He also, he is exposed to a lot of other people's trauma too, like his friends and acquaintances and stuff. So it touches Mm -hmm. on a lot of things like sexual and physical abuse and depression and being a queer kid in high school at the time. Um, Because it's taking place in 1991, Mm -hmm. which we weren't alive then. So I really don't know what it was like then. There's a lot of moving parts to the story. Yeah, well, okay. So I'm just going to dive straight into the unanswered questions. Yeah. So, you talked about it in your uh, summary, but is it like just a theater kid thing or is it a high school kid thing to go to (laughs) diners late at night and frequent them? Because, okay, anytime I've ever talked to a theater person, they know what I'm talking about. But sometimes I'll talk to just regular normie high schoolers and they're like, what? Uh Okay, that's weird. I mean... I had the experience too, but I also was like a, it might have been like a marching band thing. Like a fine arts kind of thing? Yeah, maybe it is just the fine arts kids doing that. Which basically like, hey, we all have to get together after a concert or some event. Yeah, and we're all starving because we're teens and we have high metabolisms and we just busted our ass for three hours on stage. We came into power and now we're hungry. Oh my God. Now we have to devour. Um, oh yeah, came into power, ready to devour. <laughs> to devour. 
oh, that's me all the time. Um, whether or not I'm in power. But his, his friends, this is actually one of my unanswered questions. His friends do the Rocky Horror Picture Show, like, shows yeah. quite frequently. Like, all the time. But he keeps calling them movies, and I get really confused. Movies, but then they also act, like they play parts. So do they play that part beneath the movie? Like, I just want to know what's going on. And also, why do they have to do it all the time? Because I would throw up if I had to watch that movie. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry for everybody who's a fan of this movie. But I would throw up if I had to watch any movie 20 million times, you know? Well, firstly, I have never seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. But I have heard, like, how it's a whole subculture. And your first yeah. time you have there's these initiations and a lot of crowd participation. Okay. But here's what I assumed it, they're doing live theater, and so they're just acting it out. However, in the book, um, Charlie keeps calling it a movie. He's like, I went to go watch the movie with my friends. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? I- I'm going to say that Charlie is just using the word movie, but what he means is like live theater show. Because yeah. that's like in every other respect in the book when he talks about it, he's like, I had to play a character. And he like went on stage, which means mm-hmm. that it was like some sort of live theater so that's what it makes me think of i know i just was i was just confused i was like how do people watch the same show so many times like all the year round like gosh um i have a sort of related question is that mm-hmm. one at the beginning of the book he says either his psychiatrist or his teacher somebody tells him he has to participate in life um because he like goes to dances but just stands around um but they then they talk about dances like plural as if they happen all the time and is that a 90s thing? Is that like, I don't know, because in my high school, we had two dances per year. And it was homecoming and prom. Mm, yeah, no, I'm not going to lie. We, okay, so we, in middle school, you had like random dances all the time. And sure. it was honestly just to like lock kids in the cafeteria and not let them leave. <laughs> it was weird. But in high school, we had the icebreaker dance. What? And then we had, we actually had tons of dances. It's true. So like wow. we had the icebreaker dance, then we had homecoming and then we had city Hawkins as well as prom and morp and queer prom. So, wow. But not okay. all of them were, they were not all like totally school official. Yeah. Like obviously the, the big ones were homecoming yeah. and um, prom, but then they did have these like, you know, like they were held at the school and yeah. usually put on by clubs and like okay. open to everyone at school. But yeah, I guess I should stop acting like my high school experience was universal. It was pretty, uh, pretty self-centered of me. But wow. No, it's fine. That's just Leo. That's just the Leo in you. Oh, yeah. It's just becoming in a power. <laughs> what What else? What else, Laura? Yeah. What else do you just assume is weird because you yeah. <laughs> experience it? Yeah. I have, I have some really all about like charlie so at the end when he's talking to sam so he's told her he's in love with her and she's like but you're like not doing anything about it like i don't want to be someone's crush she's like you're not you're not being a good friend to patrick so i'm kind of i'm mm-hmm. kind of confused like what is sam really getting at with charlie like what's her beef with charlie like what's the what's her problem with him i think f- firstly like I, I was like a little i had I felt it was a little problematic when she was just like, I don't want to be your, I don't want to be your crush. Like, why didn't you kiss me on that one night? And I'm like, listen, lady, you could have kissed him. So, Mm -hmm. but that might be of the times and how like that was reflective of like culture and how it's like, there is, 
the expectation that the man's going to make the first move or blah, blah, blah. So I, mm-hmm. I'm willing to understand that that's a reflection of the times. But it does make sense to me how she says, like, you're not being a good friend to Patrick. Because yeah. it ultimately is, like, in a complicated way, it's like, take care of yourself first before you can take care of others. And so, like, if you're not okay with something... Because, like, for example, so Patrick is gay and he mm-hmm. ends up having a relationship with the, a football player, a popular football player, and mm. then they get found out and then Patrick gets bullied and Brad is the football player's name, like, bullies him and, uh, what, like, pretends... Yeah, there's a like, physical goes back fight. In the closet. Yeah. So, like, Patrick is basically ostracized as well as, like, rebuked by, you know, someone he cared about. And so mm-hmm. then he's making all these... He's kind of, like, spiraling and, like, going... Processing his own trauma, but it's by drinking and smoking and, like... He takes Charlie along with him and then at one point, like, kisses Charlie. Yeah. A lot. Well, not a lot, but, like... No, but yeah, like, but, like, more than once. Kisses Charlie regularly. And I think that's where it's kind of, like... Sam's kind of saying, like, tough love is still, like, a form of love. So it's, yeah. like, being a friend is not letting people do whatever they want. It's, mm-hmm. like, giving, setting them boundaries and, you know, but still loving them despite of it. Yeah. In spite of it. Yeah. I thought it was a weird time to do it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, which is like I mean that's just how friends are, and that's how like things are messy. I get it. And that's teenagers. real life, y'all. Yeah, and they're teenagers. She's a senior. Blah blah blah. Um, I just wasn't. I thought it was strange. It was coming from her, um, especially because Charlie's support network. I mean, we kind of see it. Like his parents and siblings are there for him at the end, even though like because before then, totally understand everything that was going on. He's got this teacher looking out for him, and he has these other friends. But it was his love interest that really just kind of tore into him and, like, called him out on these things when she was packing to go to early college or whatever. Yeah. And then, don't, but... and then isn't that when they make out and stuff, too? Well, yeah, and, that, and that's when they try to, to have sex. Um, okay. They mentioned this in the Goodreads blurb, but, like, who do you think Charlie is writing to? Is it just, like, did he phone book oh. it and just be like, mew? I was really uh, thrown off by this because he mentions, oh, I heard someone in middle school talking about you, friend. And I thought, wow, this person yeah. will listen to my trauma. <laughs> you, friend. And then sends yeah. letters, like, constantly. And this uh, as Also, can you imagine was... being the other person? And you're like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> I would probably just die. Because, um, like, yeah, the, as presumably this person never writes back because he just keeps going. <laughs> For a full year. Yeah, oh, and then he just collects them. Yeah. Because he eventually does. Because at the very end, you get, so, like, Charlie writes his last letter. Yeah. And then you get Charlie 12 years later, and Charlie's like, mm-hmm. you did write back, <laughs> and for that, I thank you. And I'm like. Yeah. Who are you? I think it's, like, Charlie, Char- from the perspective of Charlie, he's like, so many of you have written to me about how much this means to you, and that means so much to me. I'm like, we know it's not Charlie. God. like. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Like, I was kind of just like, this is Stop this is calling yourself Charlie, Stephen. <laughs> this is Stephen, we know it's you. Stephen, stop it. But I would also, I mean, just because I'm an anxious person, I would be like, this person is sending me a lot of, like, incriminating evidence. Like, <laughs> yeah. like this I is would just really be weird. like, dude, stop writing me. Get some yeah, licensed help. I think, yeah, either that or eventually just be like, return to sender. Like, stop. Just stop. I I think that's so strange. Like that is just so weird. <laughs> like, and because Charlie, I mean, well, Charlie had a bunch of people's identities, um, and stuff like that. But he was also like, oh, 
you're not someone who would try to sleep with someone just because they could. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and like, you don't freaking know these people. This per- person, I don't probably a horrible under- person. I, it, I don't know. That was really weird. And I get that, like, having them be letters and not a diary is meaningful. Like, that does add another layer to it because he's expecting someone will read it. Um, as yeah. for diary, and he's where, explaining things and yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, like giving a lot of exposition as opposed to a diary, but. Like, because there's this mysterious, like, reader that he's writing to, I want to know who it is. Yeah. And how did you just hear this person in passing and also get their address? (laughs) Well, you know, when when we all talk about our good friends in passing, and I'm like, oh, you know Laura who lives on 1220 Northeast 1st Avenue, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, (laughs) 52402? Oh, my God. Oh, you know, that Laura. Uh, why do you think Charlie, like, never ever connected with people in his age group? Like, his freshman year class people? Because he's only friends with seniors. His sister's a senior. All these people he's hanging with are seniors. Like, yeah. what's going on? You think I it just happened? Know, because, because, like, also, yeah, it seems like the only people he interacts with is the people who are in that class with him. Because, you know, like, there's Michael and Susan. And Michael's the one that commits suicide in the very beginning. And then Susan... Yeah. And I assumed, are they in the same grade or are they just in the same? I don't know why he ain't hanging out with his own. I mean, yeah. my general assumption is just like they were mean to him and shitty and like outcast him and ostracized him. Yeah. But also, but he just never mentions anybody else in his class besides Michael and Susan. Like he doesn't yeah. mention talking to them and them not fitting in or having any positive or negative experiences, except for like at the very end don't... when he's like, tries to say hi to his locker mate on the last day of school and the locker mate's like bye um goodbye it's like, Char- <laughs> it's like it's charlie it's like come on dude oh uh, i i'm i little tangent i think yeah. hackus is so funny what's hackus what are you saying to me have a kick-ass summer <laughs> you write that in people's yearbooks <laughs> i've never heard that before today hackus or like ha- <laughs> or they'd say hags, hags. have a great yeah. summer. But oh, like, I think because yeah. it's such a Hackers. final goodbye, like you're saying it, like we will not see each other again. But at my work, we started doing that just to people like to to each other. Like we're at the end of a closing shift and we're like, all right, guys, hackers. And then we'll just see them the next day. And I think it's so funny. Um, What's the second part of your question? Uh, Okay, there's the quote we got to talk. I, I just want to talk about it. We accept the love we think we deserve. That's from this book. Uh, I just want to know your opinion on it. Because it just makes me angry. Like, as a quote. I think in the context in the book is that I think Charlie has just told his teacher that his sister's boyfriend hits her. Um, and then the teacher just snaps that out. Um, and I thought it was very oddly, like, blaming as it just yeah no as a, in that context blaming. it's just like yeah and i was for like sure uh yeah so in that sense i don't appreciate that piece of that quote in like all contexts um i get okay that well you is... fucking trap me because in that context i would agree no. that is victim blaming <laughs> I didn't whoa, mean to whoa, do that. whoa 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 <laughs> this is entrapment no listen i don't blame you no i don't blame you okay um i just think that in life, I've heard that quote a lot, and I just never got it. And then I saw the like the context it came from, and I was like, "That's shitty." <laughs> I don't um, think, but I don't think that's like where that saying came from. I don't know. 
Oh my gosh, is it really? It was, motherfucker. Yeah. I yeah. hate that. No I know offense. exactly. I'm sorry. See, I don't exactly. like that. I don't like. Yeah, I don't like that. It came from that. Fuck that. Exactly. Yeah, I was already ambivalent about that quote. I was like, I don't really know what that means. But then it came from the scene, and I'm like, fuck that. All right. Well, thanks for ruining that quote for me, Laura. Yeah. Uh, my last question is, uh, what is, what are your reasons to live? <laughs> I'll tell you mine. I love okay. ramen, hey. fries, <laughs> oh popcorn, coffee, um, nothing else. Hot tubs. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Wait, are we excluding people or is it just things? Ah, uh, you can list people. I don't know. Well, okay. My first thought was also ramen, so that's funny. Buying things at the ark. Wow. Yeah, I know I get a lot of pleasure from food. Mmm, pho. Oh, mm. so good. I mean, that's, I mean, it's not technically ramen, yeah. but some might lump mm. it in. No, yeah. For me, it would be breakfast um, and ramen. Um, breakfast is my favorite food category. Everybody in the world knows that now. Um, washing my hair, which I know you can't relate with. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like that. I live for that. Chocolate, yoga. Yeah, I feel like my list is way shorter, but don't worry about it. Um when it's nice out <laughs> puppies i like puppies mm. yeah cats little comforters journals. i love comforters mm. mm-hmm. and armchairs yeah i like crates i like soup i can't forget soup love good mm-hmm. bisque yeah um um I think that's it. Uh, uh, if any of those go away, I perish. Any one of them? God. Well, let's see. I'm going to think of one more and then I'm ready. And then we're going to move on to intended takeaways and judgments? Yeah. Gummy vitamins. Oh, wow. <laughs> Went out with a bang. Okay. Intended takeaways and judgments. Alrighty. Let me think. Given that neither of us have read this in school, like for a class, but we know they're teaching it in schools because it's on a banned book list. I guess I think it's supposed to teach empathy and also like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's an epistolary novel, so it is showing that literary device. Um, It has wow. that juicy plot twist at the end with the whole, yeah. I mean, and I say juicy in a negative way. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, it catches you off. It's guard a su- really yeah. It's a sucker you. punch. Yeah, I would say yeah. I would agree. There's, I mean, there's unreliable narrator just because sometimes mm. you know the things he says and the things he thinks don't always match up with how his friends react to his actions. Oh wait, pause. Okay, wait. I forgot one. Here's the one judgment I have. Okay. Listen, I know that ladies like to talk, but don't talk on the phone. Put it down. Leave and come oh. back. I didn't appreciate that. I'm like, oh, no. fuck you, dude. No, dude. So yeah. I was anti that. I thought yeah, that was absolutely. pretty, uh, that was, I can see why he likes Catcher in the Rye, okay? Oh my okay. God, yeah. That's all um, I'm going to say okay, about that. Okay, okay, okay. Um, all right. I would say okay. also, I mean, obviously there's a lot to touch upon with like mental health issues, but I don't know if that's really something you'd bring up in English class. I know, well, one of our, well, one of our English teachers in high school had us like go through this exercise about how to talk to victims of sexual assault. 
For wow. some reason, I don't know. We just did that. So I, I, could, I would not put a past an English teacher to talk about mental health issues and like how to discuss it in English class. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, it's an interesting character study because there's a lot that, oh, you can watch how he, what, com- what Charlie is comfortable with and what he isn't. What does it mean for him to participate? Like when does he take action versus when is he passive? Mm-hmm. If you're looking at like dynamic versus static character and I think oh. that would be a good example. Yeah, it kind of gives me that vibe of that, um, you know, that sentiment like, oh, like, don't be rude to people because you never know what other people are going through. They could be going through the worst day of their lives kind of thing. Because, like, obviously he's able to function through life and a lot of people see him as this big, like, weirdo, but he is dealing with a lot of trauma. Yeah, I wasn't too sure about a lot of the intended takeaways. But you watched the movie before you read the book, so how do you think? Are you, like, thinking, oh, I know why I didn't read this in when I was younger or like, are you like, Oh, I should have read it when I was younger. Like, did that change? Um, I don't know. Well, I watched the movie, I think after high school, like, I don't really remember what context it was, but it was quite a while ago. And like I said, I enjoyed the movie. It didn't really make me want to read the book. Cause I was like, that's pretty, this is pretty sad stuff. It's pretty faithful. And I think it actually handled the reveal of the aunt Helen truth. Like, I think it handled that reveal really well, um, cinematically, but yeah, it didn't make me want to go read it. And even now I'm like, I don't know if I would have handled this well, which is not to say I don't I think teens can handle it you know I'm not saying I just don't think it would have hit I don't think I would have like appreciated as much I would have been like this is sad and sucky uh yeah which I'm still like that with books I don't like I'm like oh this one's sad ah, moving on but yeah and I what but also I guess that's getting that's getting into like ratings and stuff um, well let's go to ratings wait I have wait I have no a other... we're gone I have a lot of I have a lot of notes I just have a lot of judgments about this book one uh, his mom is anxious as hell um did you catch that uh I honestly his mom is not a strong character I was basically like mom is there and dad uh-huh. only hits kids when necessary and i'm like okay yeah, i guess something. that's good no his mom is anxious as hell like there's this one day where they go on a shopping trip and her his mom talks about being worried for um her his brother or something like non-stop in this whole shopping trip uh and i was like this mom is is very worried uh there was a lot of references and name drops to other literature and pop culture so with the literature mm-hmm. i thought that the books he read were pretty interesting so we mentioned the great gatsby and catcher in the rye which is so funny because in the great gatsby our main criticism was that nick the main character didn't do anything he just witnessed it and that's kind of what charlie's whole deal is is that he doesn't participate I what charlie had to say about that yeah in his and essays the catcher in the rye obviously holden caulfield is a sad boy with his own mental health issues and and not a great support system. And he just wanders around and does stuff. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Sounds like someone we know. But he also, it's interesting, he reads Peter Pan. And he mentions in Peter Pan, well, it's basically about this book about how this boy doesn't want to grow up. And he befriends Wendy. And he gets upset when she wants to grow up. And I thought that was an interesting parallel to, like, him and maybe Sam, possibly. Uh, there's a lot of pop culture references, like, in music and movies and stuff. Which always, like, it anchors the book. I'm not saying that's a bad choice. But I feel like that's true with all coming-of-age books. Kind of like how mm-hmm. in a separate piece, like, those characters were coming of age in a specific time, World War Two. Well, it's like, it's creating an actual world and character because yeah. people listen to music and they watch things and they engage yeah. with, like, the culture of the time, so. Mm-hmm. 
I just thought I thought those were good details, even though, I, again, I didn't know all the pop culture references like the Rocky Horror Show. Yeah, uh, but honestly, I could see this taking place in like today. Yeah. Know, modern times. Yeah. Like it, the only thing that would have been like if he would have been like, yeah, they were smoking in the restaurant. <laughs> like, we yeah. walked onto the airplane straight from the gate and I would be yeah. like, oh, okay, so this I know what I, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I think, well, some things might be different. Like, how Patrick, his, um, you know, is a gay character, and he, it's not safe for him, and it's not for safe for Brad to be out of the closet at school. Um, uh, I mean, might... I guess, yeah, now, nowadays, instead of going to a park to, like, find hookups, you just, yeah. like, and then we downloaded Grinder for the evening. Exactly, yeah. Like, the, like the, some things would be different. Um, so yeah, I'm not fair. saying uh, that, like... Uh, yeah, and instead of, like driving a shitty truck they'd be like and then we drove our tesla through the <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we yeah. couldn't get in the bed of the truck because yeah. it was a tesla <laughs> but do you see what i mean like sir there are certain things about the time period that like yeah push them in certain directions um and also the, all the stuff shit about mixtapes i'd be like i made a spotify playlist and i yeah texted it to them but honestly i still be making mixtapes yeah because making mixtapes is fun. The family dynamic was interesting because, as I said, the mom is hella anxious. Uh, mm-hmm. The sister is doing her thing because she's in like an abusive relationship and then she gets pregnant and then she wants an abortion. And that's just happening alongside all of Charlie's stuff. Um, yeah. His brother is just living his best life. Gonna go pro, I guess, in football. I know. I was like, I didn't know what Which to is... make of the brother, and I wasn't sure if I liked him because I know. On the one hand, I guess he seemed he seemed like an all-American boy, just like, hey mom, hey dad, please the parents, but also like kind of like a. I was like, are you also an asshole though? Because you yeah. could be, because apparently he was like getting on with the, uh, this one girl, and then he wasn't, and then he was hooking up with someone at a cousin's wedding or something like that. I don't know. Not that. Not that. That's. I'm not trying to say that you know, sexuality cannot be expressed or desires mm-hmm. cannot be expressed. But I was like, are you an asshole? I can't tell. I just don't have enough yeah. information about you. I know. It was very strange. And, like, the dad, like, Charlie once says, I don't really know that much about my dad. And I'm like, oh my god. So I guess, in summary, I think, yeah, there's a lot of notable things. But I don't, beyond the coming of age thing, I don't feel uh, like there's a cohesive theme. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I can't say anything more because then it would be a rating and we're not there yet. So oh, well. I shan't say a word. Well, all right then. <laughs> ah, look, here we are in ratings. Okay. okay. So here's what I think. Great. I am going to rate this. I don't know, maybe like a 7.5. Yeah. I'm caught between like a 7 and an 8, but ultimately, like, I enjoyed listening to this, and it was engaging. It it was like, I, in the very first episode of this season, we read A Mega Shaped Space, and I had talked about how I was like, I just have this pit in my stomach that everything's going to go wrong, and like, nothing really did. But in this one, it did. And the, uh-huh. you can see, just like, Charlie does get better, but then you see this period where he's just rapidly deteriorating in terms of like making decisions for himself that are like healthy and yeah i really liked in reading it but i don't know what i would i don't think i would have enjoyed reading it for a class like so this was a good personal read which one should i do seven or eight laura seven well i'm gonna do seven right, i read this seven <laughs> out of ten all right laura also writes it seven out of ten wow what a wow what, what a, a shocker copycat hey 
I was going to do an eight, but actually talking about it, I realized it was more of a seven. Just like like other judgments, it needs content and like, you know, suicide warnings on there. And I mean, it's it's yet another generic middle class white character, which as I talked about, like in the last one, you know, like any identity the character has is going to color their experiences and how the book is yeah. written. There's just no universal. Like there's no is no generic. Yeah. Um, Wait. I remembered one unanswered question. How long have Patrick and Sam been step-siblings? Oh, that's a good recent? question. Because they seem like good enough pals that they have not lit- grown up with each other, but they're comfortable enough with each other that they're friends. So I was I'm just curious. Because I feel like that would be a weird dynamic. I don't know. I thought it was fairly recent, but they are pretty good pals. Which wouldn't it? Isn't that, like, the best-case scenario that, like, your BFF is your step-sibling now? Yeah. Like, what if they hated each other? I know. All right, sorry. Going back to the rating. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think it's just, I'm not entirely, like I said, I'm just not entirely sure what it's, like, saying beyond the coming-of-age part, you know? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. two seven out of ten. Yeah. We're gonna go to book talk. <laughs> It was really hard for me to like think of one for this just because there's not it didn't like call to mind any other specific books besides the John Green books but I would go with To Kill a Mockingbird because uh, I think that one I would say that one's also coming of age and I think that one has a lot more to say. I also was struggling to come up with a good recommendation for this until I forgot when we talked about like that the sucker punch ending Mm. And I have a different book that's also a sucker punch ending, which I'm pretty sure I've mentioned on this podcast. Honestly, at this point, I'm just going to recommend the same books every single time. Yeah. But um, We Were Liars by E. Lockhart. Okay. Which has a sucker punch ending. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but Mm -hmm. I really liked it. I would also, one just came to mind. So Charlie in the book mentions that he had to spend time in the hospital a lot as a kid and that he remembers like schizophrenic people from the hospital. And that reminded me of the book we read for book club, My Father's Wake by Kevin Toulis, mm. because in that one, it's all about death and how in his uh, Irish culture, they view death. But he also tells a story about how he had to go to um, and live in a hospital as a kid for an extended period of time. It was a bit of a drug in the middle. Yeah, it's but a it was, slow read, but it's a slow read, but it's a, it ties together well at the end. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Laura, what are you currently reading? Let me tell you. I'm reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and I'm still in the middle mm. of um, The Gin Falls in Love and other stories. Mm. Yeah, I've read, like, one of the stories since last time. I'm, liking it through. I have a question. Yeah. What is a gin? Like, where, what is its origins? Well, a gin is also genie. Like, that's where the word mm. comes from. Uh, they tend to be, like, Middle Eastern in some of the so in some of the fiction I've read, they make reference to the Quran, where humans mm-hmm. are made of earth, and then there's angels, and then jinn are creatures that were made from fire. Nice. Well, the reason yeah. I ask is, I recently read a book that had a jinn in it, and I was like, I had never read one before, but that was what I read since the last time. But what I'm currently reading mm-hmm. is the collected poems of Chika Sagawa by Chika Sagawa, which is a book of poetry. And then She of the Mountains by Vivek Shreya, which is another book of poetry. But let me just go straight into what I was reading last time, because I can talk about Home is Not a Country by Safia El Hilo, 
which was another book of poetry that is prosaic in the sense that like there's a story a linear story across all the poems but that's the one with the gin in it it was really good i would recommend it nice um i also listened to there there by tommy orange Mm. Parable of the Sower by Octavia E. Butler. How to Date Men When You Hate Men by Blythe Robertson, which I would recommend. Um, and then An Absolutely Remarkable Thing by Hank Green, which I, I'm not going to lie. I don't like that I enjoyed that book so much, only because I didn't really enjoy it for like anything other than it was a ni- nice, easy fiction read that kept me engaged. But I don't think it's, it was like not a challenging read. Which I don't mm-hmm. think is a good or a bad thing. I don't know why I'm adding all these caveats to me liking things. but um, And then in addition to that, I also read Uncle Vanya by Anton Chekhov, Ward Number 6 by Anton Chekhov, and then Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshikazu Kawaguchi, which is originally Ooh. in Japanese and then was translated interesting i i think that's interesting especially and with they're there because i was on tiktok book talk and an indigenous tiktoker was recommending oh if you want to get into indigenous literature their storytelling is a lot different so you might want to start with these stories first because they will and then these and then these because they'll introduce you into that different story structure mm. and they're there is actually at the end so that one was like one of the more like advanced i guess in terms of mm. reading in that style so and i've only of that list i've only read there there so i was like oh that's kind of weird i want to know so i want to know more about that and how it differs and like comparing it maybe to those other ones well laura tell me what you have read since last time though yeah let's see since last time i've finished mm. queenie by candace Cardi williams uh and ray bearer by jordan of Fuego. and that's it <laughs> nice that's it for this month yeah Speaking of YA novels, we will not be reading that for the next episode. Because oh, no. guess what we're reading? Laura, guess. Uh, we're reading Othello. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know what's fun? Huh, what? So Logan Lerman is, you know, in The Perks of Being a Wallflower, the movie. Is he the Percy and Jackson Logan guy? Lerman, yeah, he's also the Percy, oh, Percy Jackson, Jackson guy. Okay. And in that one movie, in the that one scene in the movie... When he's looking at the board and he has dyslexia, and uh-huh. he, they're like, they he write the teacher writes Othello on the board. So Logan Lerman, it's all coming together. Logan Lerman, more like Logan Lurkman. Get out of here. I was gonna say Logan Learning. Anyways, um, before we totally end that, let's just do a bit of housekeeping. We're gonna keep it really nice, short, and nice sweet. and tidy. So. Connect with us via email or Twitter. Our email is reading at... No. No. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay. Our email it, is reading, not reading at gmail.com. R-E-A-D-I-N-G-N-O-T-R-E-A-D-I-N-G at gmail.com. Our Twitter is read, not read pod. At sign. R-E-A-D-N-O-T-R-E-A-D. P-O-D. Nice. Visit our bookshop, which is in the episode description, as well as our website. Go to the website mm. for back catalog episodes and go to the bookshop if you want to sh- uh, shop and support independent bookstores. You go to bookshop. But in addition to that, if you use our affiliate links, we get mm-hmm. commissions and it helps us keep the lights on in this place. 
So, sorry to end it so short and sweet, but sometimes it's just how life is. And, you know, we're busy coming into power. So, catch us next month. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>